This is the Adoptive Mom Podcast. Adoption may look different for each family, but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap. And that is what we do here. We encourage, we build up, we share the wins and losses. We lean on each other and we get through this together. Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I am Alex Fitton and I am obsessed with helping those of us doing really cool but really hard things in this adoption world. You may be weary, you may be burnout, you may be ready to throw in the towel, but settle in fam, I've got your back. You can follow me on Facebook at Alex Fitton and the Adoptive Mom Podcast and on Instagram at the Adoptive Mom. This is episode eight of season five, episode 71 overall. And today we're getting to talk to Restoration Threads founder and adoptive mom extraordinaire, Haley Kuhn. Haley is a former high school teacher turned stay-at-home mom. She is the mom of four busy and fun little ones. She loves Tex-Mex, coffee, writing, traveling, patio weather, and hanging out with her crazy crew. And who doesn't? They have three biological kids and one they adopted through foster care. While fostering their youngest son, the idea of Restoration Threads was born. Haley is passionate about raising awareness for foster care and providing tangible ways for people to be a small part of the big things the Lord is doing through foster care. We got to talk about the mission we all have to help those in need and the creative ways in which we can do that. I can't wait to dive in. But first, I want to thank all of you who have left reviews on iTunes for the podcast. It helps more than you know, unless you're a fellow podcaster, in which case you know all too well. And one of my favorite recent reviews was from Mama Lolly, and she said, This podcast is a gem. Not only is it an amazing real-life stories, but it also is focused on the heart of moms. As adoptive moms, we can be the most overlooked part of this journey. This podcast recharges me, validates my concerns, and helps me remember I'm not alone. I look forward to each episode. Love it. So thank you so much to Mama Lolly. And if you want to be as awesome as she is, head to the iTunes app, or if you're an Android user, head to the adoptivemompodcast.com slash podcast and scroll down to the leave a review section. It'll still let you participate even if you're not on the Apple train. I promise. Okay. Now onto the show, which is brought to you by Patreon supporter, Lindsay Pung. And I really hope I'm pronouncing your name right. So thank you, Lindsay, for producing this episode of the show. All right, guys, welcome to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I'm super excited to be sitting down with Haley Kuhn today. So this is someone I do not know in real life, but we have done collaboration before uh, for your company, Restoration Threads. So I'm really excited to hear about how that was born and your adoption story, because it's super cool that you're also an adoptive mom and you're doing awesome stuff because it's like, where do you find the time, right? So we're going to (laughs) learn where you find the time today. Um, But yeah, just take us a second to introduce introduce us to yourself. Perfect. Well, thank you for having me. Um, this is my first podcast, so I'm very thankful to be here. Um, my name is Haley Kuhn. I, like you said, I'm an adoptive mom. I've got four kiddos. Um, they are, do you want to know all this? They are seven, yeah. five, four, and one and a half. So very busy. Um, I was a high school teacher for seven years, and now I'm a stay-at-home mom. And, and we live in DFW, Texas. And um, been married for almost 10 years. And yeah, just a normal Texas girl who <laughs> lives on coffee and Tex-Mex and yeah. Tex-Mex, that's the real, that's the real deal. 
Yes, chips and queso. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's like my love language. <laughs> yeah, me too. We have a Chewy's up here yes, now. Every Friday night. Oh, yeah. We have a Chewy's up here now, and they're like, I know that that's a big Texas thing in Chewy's, is, but their tortillas are like to die for. Oh, yeah. The place is dangerous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, well, okay. So that's super cool. So, yeah, you have kind of the accidental twins too, right? With uh, your four and five year old? Yes. So, my first two are 19 months apart, and then the next two are 16 months apart. So, we had three kids in 36 months, like literally. <laughs> Um, within six months. So it was pretty, it was pretty nuts, <laughs> but it was good. I mean, super blessed, but it was, it was wild there for a little bit. Yeah. I bet your body's like chill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, the third one was a clear sign that uh, my body was done. So, <laughs> so that uh, brings us to adoption, which we can talk about later. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say that brings us to your adoption story. So, you know, you're, you're, you have lots of little kids running around and you're like, you know what, let's add another one. Um, so (laughs) yeah, exactly. You know, you're already like, and I've heard that actually, so I have, I have four, but one of them's a teen. So he's like a separate thing, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so I have three littles and I've actually heard that it's better to have an even number so they can balance themselves out (laughs) and like pair off. Cause like, I mean the whole like three's a crowd thing. That's, that's so true. Like they are just frenemies they're all frenemies yeah and they pick and like sometimes the girls will play together or sometimes the older two play together yeah yeah fourth does kind of help absolutely um Um, yeah so so we go on sorry no i was just gonna tee you up man go ahead tell us your whole adoption story how'd you get into this (laughs) and bring us to now perfect well we um had always planned on adopting actually our first date was kind of a blind date well we were set up but um and actually on our first date we talked about adoption which is kind of not normal, <laughs> but, um, that was always kind of part of our plan, um, our prayer. And so we, you know, had, had the three babies in 36 months and we felt like the Lord was making it really clear, like, okay, my body's done. And, um, that we, we were kind of preparing and praying that maybe number four we would adopt. Um, so we always thought that we would do international adoption. I have a sister-in-law, um, a little sister-in-law from China and my sister has two little boys in Ethiopia. And so that was just always kind of what we thought. So when our youngest turned two, um, or really one, we kind of started praying about it and seeing what that would look like. So we did research different countries and, um, nothing really felt right. Like we just kind of, it felt forced. We just felt like the Lord kept saying, you know, no, that's not where you're supposed to be. Um, so we just kind of held off for a little bit longer. And then we moved when our kids were three, two and six months, um, <laughs> which is a really crazy time to move. Yeah, seriously. Um, but we moved yeah, no, it was it was crazy. Luckily, it sold fast because showing the house is a nightmare. Yeah, um, oh my gosh. But we moved, and um, our neighbor happened, our new neighbor that we share a fence with happened to be a foster mom. And so we developed a relationship with her, and she had fostered to adopt and had talked to us about fostering. And I was like, yeah, that's real cute, but we're not, <laughs> we're not going to do that. Um, but then my heart started going, feeling like maybe, um, foster care was for us, but my husband wasn't quite on board yet. So long story short, the Lord changed his heart. Um, and we, one Sunday just were like, okay, this is it. We're supposed to foster. So went and filled out our paperwork and got licensed within a couple of months. And, um, um, so we know that the Lord placed us here for a reason. Yeah. Really cool. But, um, so yeah, we got licensed and, uh, um, we put it on hold for two months because our son was starting kindergarten and we felt like we needed a couple months to adjust to having our oldest in school. 
So we kind of just did respite for two months before we opened up our home to foster. Um, but then the day we opened up our home to foster, we got a call 24 hours later. Um, wow. So we got a call. Yeah, it was crazy fast, um, which is really cool to see the Lord's timing. But it was, um, you know, he was the one that we were supposed to be. We weren't supposed to do it two months ago because we were waiting for him, who is now our son. And so we got the call at 6.30 by 8 o'clock clock at night he was at our house 6 30 p.m an hour and a half later they're at our house <laughs> seriously um, placed them in our arms and yeah it was that's imperious um and so yeah we fostered him for now our story is not normal and we know that um it was a pretty quick process we fostered him for it was about, it was a little less than 365 days it was like 350 days so a little less than a year and then we adopted him so um, that is the short of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, okay. So you got him as a baby. Um, how long, yes. you know, cause obviously when we're in foster care, our goal has to be reunification for as long as possible. So mm-hmm. with babies, that is so hard and you did end up adopting, yes. but you know, that's not everyone's story. And that was ours. You know, ours was mm-hmm. a really different situation too, where we actually, he, we had to, on paper, we had to foster him, but he was a pre-adoptive placement. And so our goal never had to okay. be reunifi- reunification, but we got a lot of like, people didn't understand that because it was such a unique case. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, your your goal had to be reunification for a while, right? Yes. Yes. So how did you, uh, how did you balance that? Oh, man, that was, I mean, that's the hardest part, I think, of foster care is just checking your heart daily. Mm-hmm. Um, we, so we were open to age zero to two. So we didn't know if we're going to call for a three day old or for a two year old. Um, so a lot of people said, you know, what did you tell your bio kids? Cause our kids are pretty little. They were five. Um, well, we got our, yeah, five, four and two. <laughs> They're little. Um, so, you know, how do you explain to them? And so we just always said to them and I'd say to myself too, that sometimes mommies and daddies can't take care of their kids for whatever reason. Um, they just aren't able to. And so we are going to love on them for as long as the Lord wants us to. So we just always said it could be a couple days. It could be forever. It's not our job to decide, mm-hmm. but, um, we're just going to love on them for as long as the Lord wants to. And so we just kind of repeated that with them, um, which got hard, you know, the further in you get, it gets harder to believe and repeat. But, um, yeah. And, and so same with, that was always our goal for our, for our son was we wanted the mom and dad to get better. And we wanted, um, that to happen, but that was not what, you know, was supposed to happen for him. And so I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, it's hard. And I still struggle with, you know, on adoption, being so excited that we adopted him and being so thankful that he's our son, but also that guilt of, you know, with adoption comes loss and recognizing that we're so thrilled that, you know, only by the grace of God are we on this side of foster care. And so it's just super humbling to um, remember that. Yeah, absolutely. And I can totally relate with that because when we were, you know, even, even though our son, our, our youngest, sorry, um, was an adoptive, a pre-adoptive placement, even though again, on paper, he had to be foster, uh, a foster placement, mm-hmm. you know, we still had to go through all of the court dates just like normal. And, um, his, his biological mother ended up signing over her rights, which was, um, which was, you know, I want to say it's a blessing, but and it, and it was, but it was just, uh, it was, it, it changed my perspective of her, and um, it mm-hmm. was a very emotional situation because we really, there was a time when we really thought we were going to have to fight for him in a, um, 
you know, not that she would get him back necessarily, but just because the system was so complicated and slow. And I just remember feeling so much guilt over the fact that I felt like I had to choose between keeping him and wanting her to to be healthy, to be made well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and that was really rough because I was like, I don't, you know, am I really hoping that someone stays addicted to drugs, that someone continues to, um, you know, break the law and go to jail and all these other things? And mm-hmm. it was, it was again, it was the Lord's provision. I, that's a really great way to put it. That you know, I felt like He finally taught me that you know, you can you can hope for her to get better, but that doesn't mean that that you know she gets to to keep her son and right. so. Yes. Anyway, I, I totally relate with that. And I wanted to ask, so, you know, obviously we don't want to get into your son's, too much of your son's story, but, you know, my son was born addicted to a lot of drugs. Was that your situation as well? Um, yes. Yeah. And usually with newborns, that is kind of not <laughs> what was going on. Um, but yes. Yeah. So that was hard. Yeah. Um, and ECI, uh, that is one thing I will say about foster care. I was very impressed at how... Um, rallied everyone came around us to you know they sent ECI out as many times a month as we needed um there's a cares team here in Fort Worth that um really they just do a lot for the advocating for the kids and I was very impressed at how they handled that so he's he's doing really well and um so I think because we had early intervention yeah that helped but it, that yeah. is such a huge and that was deal. hard too just knowing yeah um but that was kind of our goal too you know not knowing we can have him forever or not regardless I still want him to do well. I still want him to know what love is. I still want him to have ECI come out, you know, for his sake. So loving him like, you know, he was ours um, was always our goal. So. Absolutely. And so yeah. I, walk us through just, you know, your side of things. Cause I, I really, you know, on this podcast, obviously it's about adoption, but the focus is on the moms. It's the adoptive mom podcast. So like, I want to hear about your heart. I, mm-hmm. I know from my experience, you know, dealing with a drug withdrawing baby is so incredibly hard because you see this, you see this baby, he's completely innocent. And yet, also, you're going insane because you're having to deal with, you know, a situation that you didn't cause, but, you know, just really hard. So what was, how was your heart during all that? Um, oh, man. It's all such a blur, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy what you block Just kind of out. block it out, yeah. <laughs> um, sleep deprived. Yes. I don't know. Just humbling, you know, just the fact that I get to love on him. And it just, it was really good. You know, I'm thankful we're not. Obviously, I'm thankful we adopted him and I'm not fostering him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've, I've said this before to a lot of people, like, I've never felt closer to God during that time, though, either, because it was so hard and so challenging. And so, yeah, and it was, you know, my kids, they were troopers, though. Our, our bio kids were amazing. They just, they got so used to ECI person coming twice a month. Like, they knew her Amber. They knew her by name. And, you know, is Amber coming today? Like, they were part of the therapy and it was really, you know, they grew up so much through it. And of course they didn't really understand, you know, why he was having a hard time, but, um, I think it made all of them better kids. And so I think as a family, I mean, it wrecked all of us, but for the better, you know, we are not the same family we were two years ago and I'm thankful for that. So, um, people are always say, you know, Oh, he's so blessed or he's so lucky. I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) we are the lucky ones. Like we are forever changed, you know, because of this whole thing. And so, Absolutely. And I, I know that, um, you know, just what we're talking about mama hearts during just some of those really hard times. And it's so hard to, you know, I think even with our biological kids, you know, we can hold in both hands where we love them so much, nothing they could ever do would make us stop loving them. But 
they also make mm-hmm. us crazy and they have behaviors. And with, with kids who struggle with drug withdrawal and a lot of the issues that come out of that, you know, for my son, it's, it's emotional regulation and impulse control and sensory issues and stuff like that. Um, and those can make us just even crazier than like a neurotypical kid. And it's hard to hold mm-hmm. those in, in both hands, you know, where you love him so much, but also, and, and you're fighting for him, but also you're drowning too. And you're struggling with behaviors and, you know, we have to learn so much and become advocates for our kids in such a short amount mm-hmm. of time. So what was that process for you like to just become an advocate uh, for, for behaviors that you had no experience with, you know? Yeah. Um, well, he's still pretty little. So, you know, I know there's going to be things that come up later that we don't even know yet. Um, but just reminding myself that he didn't choose this, you know, yeah. like he didn't, he doesn't, if, if he has certain struggles that, you know, we don't even know about yet. Um, this wasn't his fault. You know, he didn't, nobody wished this upon him. And so just kind of keeping that perspective, like he doesn't want to be dealing with this either. And so, um, just keeping that focus and just every day, just asking the Lord to give me enough strength to get through it. But again, we're still, I mean, pretty early on, so I don't have as much experience as those whose kiddos are older. Um, so we'll see, but I don't know if I can answer to that as much as others. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So um, I, I wanted to go back to something you mentioned that your husband was not on board at first and then um, the Lord changed his heart. Yeah. And I get, you know, that's one of the biggest requests that I get for episodes is talking about how to get your spouse on board. And it's really hard because I don't have the answer for that. Um, not that anyone can truly have the answer for that, but what, what was your action there? Cause I think that a lot of the time there's no, you know, there's no like course you can send your husband through to quote, get him on board. Um, Mm -hmm. but what was that, what was that process like for you? You know, I, obviously it's so hard to wait on the Lord to work on someone's heart when you feel like Mm -hmm. often, you know, you're like, I could do this better. I could make this quicker or, you know, whatever. So what was that, what was that process like for both of you? Um, yeah, that's a great question. So we, you know, he was always on board with adoption. That was always, you know, he was always for that, but the foster care part, like anyone, you know, we didn't know a whole lot about it yet. Um, those same fears everyone has, like, how am I going to love a child and lose it? You know, mm-hmm. um, that's like everyone's biggest fear. We kind of wanted that guaranteed, <laughs> which sounds terrible, but you know, we wanted the adoption to be final and I wanted to love a kid that, you know, you know, is not going anywhere. And so that fear that everyone has, he certainly had, um, and one thing my neighbor said was, you know, and I've, I've lost um, a family member before. So we all know that, you know, nothing is guaranteed in life. And so we can't go around life just picking and choosing what we want that's guaranteed. And so um, we just have to put ourselves out there and trust. And so while I was on board and he wasn't, one, a couple things. One, he read a blog. You know, everyone probably knows Jason Johnson blog. Oh, yeah. It popped up on his Facebook and he doesn't. He doesn't really do Facebook much. He doesn't follow blogs. I mean, it was totally a God thing that this popped up. Somebody shared it or something that he even saw it and he read it. Um, and it was all about, it was like to the husbands. I don't remember exactly which one it was. I have to find it. But uh, just talking about, um, you know, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about us. That's the thing about foster care. And just really started to soften his heart. And then, which I didn't know that at the time that he'd read that. He um, And I had been quietly praying for a few months, just like, okay not telling him I was praying. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, I really wanted him to be hit. Yeah, you, you never want to tell them that because um, I wanted to be his idea. Um, and so just quietly praying. And then apparently he read that blog post. And then one day we were at church and uh, we have a pretty heavy foster care and adoption 
a community at our church, which is such a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, one day a family at our church was fostering a little boy and they were, they'd had him for like a year and they were pushing him around a stroller. He was probably like, you know, 15 months old. And, um, my husband just like looked at him and it was just something like the way the kid, I mean, I swear he like (laughs) stared to my husband's soul. (laughs) I just looked at him and my husband looked at me and was like, okay, let's do this. Like just something about that kid. Um, and that child now has been adopted and has a really cool story. But um, it's just amazing the effects. Like, people don't realize all of the seeds are being planted. You know, that kid has no idea that he was the ripple maker in making us. We went home that day after church and filled out our paperwork. And, and we're like, all right, there's no turning back. We're doing this. And so, um, yeah, just all God. <laughs> and he's been an awesome. I mean, he was he was the best foster dad. He was amazing. And now, of course, he's an awesome dad. But Love that. So are you guys still in open home? Yeah. We are still open. So our agency, I don't think all agencies do this, but they make us um, wait six months post-adoption. So we just adopted in October. So we're still fresh. Um, We're officially six months out. And so um, they make you wait. And so we are about to open up again. And so we're just praying through. My hand's still very full right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) with our four kids under seven. Um, But we have a good friend that's about to begin fostering to adopt. So we may just stay open for respite and do that kind of stuff. I don't know that we're going to, at the moment, we're just kind of keeping our hands open and seeing what the plan is. Yeah. Um, but for sure, respite and helping out with our foster families is big on our heart. And so, so yeah, and that, that leads to what I wanted to talk to you about next. So obviously you had this holding period where you were post-adoption and I know that this, this dream started before adoption, but mm-hmm. y- you know, you certainly had something to do in the meantime. So tell us about that. Things to see was kind of planted when we began our training. And my husband and I knew that we were called to foster at that point and knew there was a need for it, but had no idea until we went through the training um, just how, uh, I don't want to say bad, but bad <laughs> the foster care situation is. Yeah. Um, and just every training, we would just leave and like we wouldn't talk for like 20 minutes. We would just like sit in the car, just heavy hearted, you know, jaw dropped, like, oh my goodness, like how are we 30 at the time, 34 years old? And not realize um, that this is going on in America. And so, um, you know, I taught high school for seven years in the public school and never really felt like I knew anything about trauma or foster care. That just never really was talked about. So um, that happened. And then when we began fostering, um, we, so like I said, we got like an hour and a half later, our son arrived in our home. So it was like no time to prepare um, and we, our village just totally rallied. We had meals for eight weeks. We had gift cards. We had people step up and say, can I babysit? People praying. Like I was really overwhelmed at um, just how everybody just said, I want to help. How can I help? And I don't feel called to foster. That's not what the Lord has me doing. But like, what can I do to help? And um, just kind of made me start researching. Okay, what? there's got to be more to this. Like people want to help. And so I started researching foster care organizations and so I was like, there's so many foster care organizations. Why is no one talking about these? <laughs> and so that's kind of how Restoration Threads was born. Um, in the trenches, it's kind of crazy looking back. Like, why in the world did I start a company <laughs> with yeah. four kids, five and under, and fostering? It sounds crazy now. Right. Um, but the time, it felt right. And um, so that, that's, that's what happened. So um, we talked about it, but um, didn't really start until 
So on my birthday, my husband knew I had sayings in my head. Like I love to write. I love to advocate. That kind of is where my heart is. And I always had these like t-shirt sayings in my head. And so one saying was like, love anyway. Like even when it's hard, we would always say, even when it's scary, even when I'm so terrified that I'm going to lose this child, like my job as a foster parent is just to love anyway. Even when they're screaming, even when, um, and like no fear and love was a big saying of ours. Like, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to be afraid. We're just going to love fully and trust that. Um, God's going to do the rest. And so for my birthday, my husband gave, he'd got a love anyway shirt design and printed it for me and handed me for my birthday. And he was like, and that was kind of like this spur. Okay. I think we can do this then like seeing it printed and seeing like the real deal kind of just encouraged me to get going. So registration threads was born. And so what that is, it's kind of a twofold approach. We raise awareness for a different foster care organization every month. Um, and then we also donate proceeds from our shirt sales to that organization. So there's two main things happening. Um, more than winning money, uh, my main goal is always just to raise awareness. So I spend more time on that than anything on my posts about sharing about what amazing things these organizations are doing and connecting people to them so they can find a way that they can help. Because not everyone is called to be a foster parent. Um, we recognize that. So just giving them, hey, do you know there's a foster closet down the street that you can donate things to? Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of giving them tangible ways that they can help because so many people want to help and I think they just think well if I can't be a foster parent what else can I do like, well there's so many other things you can do besides being a foster parent so absolutely that sense? I just kind of rambled <laughs> no 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 no. I think that that's a great that's that's, kinda, yeah that's a great origin story and I think it's really cool that you're continuously adding on to this business and um so I wanted to know how do you find your organizations that you promote um that is a great question so when we started I was telling some friends about it. Actually, one friend was like, I love this idea, but I don't I don't know there's enough organizations out there. Like, kind of concerned that I was going <laughs> to just be done in six months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, seriously. <laughs> and, and so then once I started digging, I was like, no, they're everywhere. And what's really cool is when I first started out, um, my first one was Chosen One, which is a local organization here in Fort Worth that helped us out when we first started fostering. Um, but that was our first one. And so for the first, like, eight or nine, months, I was just calling organizations up and just pitching to them. Hey, <laughs> I'm a foster mom. Here's, I just want to bless you. And you know, it just sounds crazy. Like no strings attached. Like I just, can I talk about you all month and can I, I, you know, sell shirts and donate proceeds to you. And you know, they're like, yes, of course. So I was going to say, did anyone turn you down? <laughs> at first I was calling. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so far, no. <laughs> um, but now, yeah. Um, but now people are reaching out to me, which has been really cool. So now mm-hmm. I have like an application that I send to people, um, which I love, but I also kind of hate cause I'm a people pleaser. And so I've had to like turn a few people down only because yeah, I can't do like a foster closet every month. I try to have a variety of the different kinds of foster organizations. Right. Um, anyway, but that's been really cool too. Like, okay, people are reaching out to me, wanting them to bless them. And so that's been good. Um, but I mean, if you Google, there's a million organizations out there doing really, really good things. People just don't know about it. So I'm kind of like a new source for foster care, I guess. <laughs> I think that's super cool, though, um, especially because I think that, you know, foster care is becoming, I say, becoming a big deal, like it's some trend or something. But I think that mm-hmm. awareness for foster care is becoming more prevalent and that more and more people are doing it, which is the goal. Like, I love that that is and the the local organization that we're a part of the call um they their goal is to get in churches and to say like this is our mm. this is our job as as you know as Christ's church 
And I love that that's something that you are raising awareness for too, is that you're saying, you know, this is, this is something that we all need to do. And even if it's not that you need to sign up to be a foster parent, that you can bless these organizations and help promote. And that this is something that's our job as, as believers. Um, and I think that, you know, I think this is kind of a hard question, but whenever we're calling people out, whenever we are, um, promoting something that's hard, so to speak, you know, we, we, we ruffle some feathers. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you, what's your experience been with, you know, with friends who knew you before and after foster care or people that you knew you or anything like that? Has it all been a positive experience or have you ruffled some feathers? Uh, I think for the most part, I mean, I'm not trying to sound like Pollyanna. There've definitely been <laughs> struggles. I do feel like my people have been amazing. They have rallied for me. They have been supportive. Um, I did have a little bit, I, start, I, I did have a friend who struggled with us fostering a little bit. Um, mostly cause she was worried for us. I mean, um, I think there are, there are just so many bad stories out there that, and that's all people hear are mm-hmm. the scary stories and the, you know, you hear about the foster parent, you hear about the bio parents, you hear about the children you bring in. People just are so scared and they're afraid and they're like, well, how is this going to affect your other kids? And I mean, it has affected our kids for the better. <laughs> um, but that, so that was a concern at first when we kind of told people, you know, it looked a little bit crazy because our kids were, when we started the training, they were five, I think I already said this, but they're like five, four and two. Yeah. Um, so it looked crazy from the outside, but really for the most part, people have been super supportive. And even with restoration threads, like two weeks ago, a friend, um, printed out a picture studio, picture studio. It's not a thing. Was it photo? <laughs> what is it called? Where you go take pictures? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Studio. Like um, shoot. yeah, yeah. Okay. I can, yes. Anyway, we're out a studio <laughs> room for us to go take pictures. Another friend, <laughs> another friend, um, offered to use her photography skills and help us do a photo shoot. So everyone is just kind of, even within this business, been like, I want to help. What can I do to help? And so I think, and obviously that's all of God, that we've just been blessed with people that want, that want to be a part of it. So... Hey guys, it's me, Alex, cutting in here to tell you guys about a super special discount Haley is giving us just for being AMP listeners. To get 20% off your entire purchase, head to restorationthreads.com, load as many adorable products as you can handle into your cart, and then at checkout, use the promo code ADOPTIVEMOM20. That's ADOPTIVEMOM20, all one word. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, so people just, yeah, my friend that wanted to be a photographer that she came and took pictures of us and is spending her time. I mean, she's a full-time teacher and she's spending her side time um, editing pictures and having that so I can share those and friends that were in the photo shoot. So everybody just has been amazing. So um, I'm super thankful and spoiled for sure by our village, which makes a huge difference. There's a statistic that I think 50% of foster parents quit after a year because they don't feel supported. Like it's just too hard. And so, which I believe it, like if we didn't have family and friends babysitting and the bringing us meals and just really rooting for us, I really don't know how we would have done it. So I don't know how people do it without support. 
So. Yeah. Well, and that's what organizations like yours and mine, that's why they exist. You know, you're, you're providing support mm-hmm. and awareness and the Adopted Mom podcast is all about um, talking to specifically moms because we feel isolated and alone and lost and completely unseen a lot of the time. And mm-hmm. so it's putting eyes um, where they need to be so that we can keep going, so that we can adopt, so that we can foster. And so mm-hmm. I love that that is the mission of Restoration Threads too. Um, are you, do you design or do you hire a designer? Um, so at first I had a friend, a hired designer that was helping me cause it was just, I was like, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> so I would give her my ideas and she would kind of make them happen. But now uh, my husband is able to do them. So now I've kind of gotten more confidence and, um, and he's able to do enough on his little, I don't know, computer. Um, so he does them now. So this whole new round mostly is all my husband's stuff. So and that's really, I mean, it's really just us. We have someone print the shirts for us. Um, so I'm not at home like printing and bagging them because I certainly don't have Good time gosh. for that. <laughs> um, but every time you see someone post on social media or, I mean, all the other things is me. Yeah. <laughs> me. One employee um, and then my husband, the designer. But yeah. That's really so cool. It's been a good steady growth. Yeah. It's about as big as it needs to be right now, honestly. Because, <laughs> um, yeah. So what is your what is your favorite design and what is the most popular design? Um. Let's see. Gosh, I love them all for different reasons. I mean, love anyway, and love is never wasted is kind of one of our main ones that are the most popular. Um, love is never wasted, I think. I mean, the, and they all apply to everyone, which mm-hmm. I love about that because that's kind of my goal is to be all inclusive and that anyone can be a part of this mission. You don't have to be a foster parent. Um, if you Google foster care shirts, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings when I say this, but sometimes if you look up foster care shirts, they can be kind of. Um, you know, I'm a, they might, well, I don't want to say one that cheesy, loud, <laughs> cheesy and maybe offensive. Like I'm a foster parent. What are you doing with your life? I mean, I haven't seen one that actually says that, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want anyone can wear a shirt that says love is never wasted because that can apply to so many different situations or love anyway. When life is hard, we all have those people that are hard to love um, or scared and the fear in love. Um, Grace covers all is one that I love because that's just a reminder of, um, God's grace and it covers all sins. And just, you know, I will always speak highly of our son's biological parents when he's older because grace covers all, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not my job to, um, talk bad about them. So we, you know, we love them and pray for them all the time. And so, yeah, I think there's a million, I'm I'm blanking on what they, it is well I'm wearing right now. Yes. Um, What's your best seller? Um, Probably love is never wasted. Okay. Or yeah, love anyway. Those are the top two. Lately, oh, fix it, Jesus. That was one of my most. Um, but it's use it, Jesus, because which is so cheesy. I and, but we ton we sold a ton lately because you know I think we so often ask God to fix things like oh this is so hard just fix it I just want it to go away I don't want to deal with this pain anymore. Um, but sometimes God doesn't fix things on the side of heaven, and sometimes um, I posted a few weeks ago about the loss of my brother, and God's not going to fix that like. He's not coming back, um, but I can ask God to use that and to use that story for his glory. And mm-hmm. how, what can I learn from this? How can I, um, same with foster care. I mean, some situations, if you, if the child goes back or you can't, you can't change that. The judge has decided and we can't fix it. It is what it is, but we can ask the Lord, okay, how can we use this story, you know, for good? And so I just love the message behind that. Yes. And okay. the one I just bought, um, was, it says all the things, which is something I say oh, yeah. all the time. And I love that you tied it to Philippians four thirteen. Um, 
And then there was another one that I couldn't find, but I have seen it all over the place. The Every Number Has a Name. Oh, yes. That was just for March. That was a limited edition one. I was Ew. sad. That actually wasn't that city without orphans i know they that <laughs> design like that was theirs i know i wish we could keep it but that was not mine gotcha for that one but yes totally understand every number has a name yes um, i bet we can get you one if you want one so okay <laughs> I, I get the hookup right yes <laughs> no but i love all the designs they were really cool and i love that they're also unisex like that makes me really happy and that none of them are mm-hmm. so pretty that a dude couldn't wear it um so yes. you know you get dads involved too i think that mm-hmm. Or not dads, you know, someone who's not a dad who can just still wear a shirt that says love anyway. And I just, I love it. I love everything you guys are doing. And I think it's really cool. And I love that it ties to your, um, to your adoption story, just to, to your heart Mm -hmm. for what you're doing. Um, and just raising awareness for that. So more people can feel equipped to do that. Yeah. Thank you. For sure. So, um, are you cool with getting into some of these closing questions? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. So what do you wish that you had known at the beginning of your adoption journey? Um, I wish I had known. I'm about to get deep here. Do um, it. <laughs> I didn't know that I was going to feel sad after adoption. And that sounds terrible to say. And if you haven't adopted, those who haven't adopted, it may not make sense. But um post-adoption depression is a thing and I don't think people talk about it. And, um, after we adopted, you know, you post on Facebook, finally get to show his face, you know, for a year you're blurring his face and, you know, you have to cover up this beautiful child. And so <laughs> you share his beautiful face and everybody is so excited and congrats and, you know, all the things with a huge party. I mean, it was the best day ever, but also those conflicting feelings of man, I'm so happy, but I'm so, I'm sad. Like our feelings of guilt. I felt really guilty that our foster care, um, you know, we never dreamed we would adopt our first foster placement. Like we had just planned going into this. We may be fostering 10 kids before, while we were adoption motivated, we knew the goal was reunification. And so we kept that in mind. Never did we dream that we would adopt the very first child that we fostered. And so I felt guilty for that, that that is not the story of friends of mine that have adopted and not the story of, so just really struggling with that. Um, and my son, who was six when we adopted, our son, who's so wise beyond his years, he even said, "When I find, we didn't tell them that we were going to adopt until like two weeks out. We never used the A word. Mm-hmm. Um, we were very like, just because they knew what adoption was and we didn't want to get their hopes up. So once we knew it was actually happening, we told them. And my oldest son said, I'm so happy I get to have a brother, but I'm so sad for his parents because that means that, you know, he's losing that family. And for a six-year-old to understand the joys and sorrows of adoption um, was just amazing to me. But like, I was, yeah, he gets it. Exactly. Like, it is joyful. It is sorrowful. And I just didn't know what to do with those feelings. And everyone would say, congrats. He's so lucky to have you. He's so, I'm like, yeah, but he, yes, he, we're, we're all lucky and he's lucky. And I'm so, but no, he's not. Like, he's lost his family. And so just, I mean, you don't want to gripe at people for saying that. Like, of course. Right. I don't know. It's just such conflicting feelings. I didn't know where to place those feelings. Um, so I actually did go to a counselor and um, that helped a ton just to talk to the outside source and express like, how do I, um, you know, and cause he doesn't even know his story yet. And that's why I'm pretty private about his story too, because you know, he has no idea that, you know, this is his story. And so until he's heard it and he's ready to talk about it and anyway, Sorry, that was a tangent, but I just wish I knew. I think people see 
you know, um, home from the airport, international adoption, everything's great. Or back from the courtroom, everything's great. I'm like, no, but there's still struggles post adoption. Like this is just the beginning. Like, yes, the roller coaster foster care is over, but we still have a whole life of questions and, you know, hard things that we're going to be working through with him as you know. So we need to talk about that more. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's, that's such a great way to put it because I, even going into it as adoptive, as adoptive moms, you know, we are, I think that we have a little bit of rose colored glasses on adoption before we actually Mm -hmm. get there. And I've never really heard it called that the post adoption depression, but that's such a good way to put it because even after placement, you know, if it's an adoptive placement for me, it wasn't, you know, the court date, but it's, I think you don't think you're going to be sad. It's really easy mm-hmm. and it's it's easier on your heart and on your emotions to demonize biological parents. Um because it it feels better, right? Like it mm-hmm. feel it feels good to to be like I'm saving this kid. But that's not right. the case. That's not what happens and it's totally up to God whether or not that child is going to, you know, how they're going to end up and we're just a tool for God to use mm-hmm. for the life of this child and so um, I think that all of that can sometimes dawn on us all at once. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this isn't just like, yay, adoption. Everything's great now. You know, and it, even when you're talking about yeah. international adoptions, you know, they're coming home from the airport. You know, there's that big party and then you go home and then it's real. You know, then you're mm-hmm. talking about cocooning and stuff like that. And right. Yes. And you're, you know, listeners, you guys hear me preach this in so many episodes, but if you're an adoptive mom, you need to be in counseling. Absolutely. You need to be in counseling. Like you, your heart has gone through a loss. Their hearts have gone through a loss. Why would we not need someone to help us fill in those gaps? And so, mm-hmm. um, that's not a weakness. That's a strength to, yeah. to get outside help. Um, so my next question is always, how did your, how did your tribe support you? And I think that you've already really talked about that with meals and babysitting and stuff like that. What, but what was mm-hmm. your favorite way? What was the absolute most helpful thing for you? Um, Man, meals were <laughs> meals were really helpful because even just like randomly, even we would be like six months into fostering and a friend would text and say, hey, I made extra. Can I bring you a meal? Like you know, the fact that they didn't, they knew that it was still hard, even though we're kind of in a rhythm. I still have tiny children and I may have had court that day. I may have had a million appointments for him or visitation, you know, like all the things that distract you from just making dinner was <laughs> a struggle for me. So the fact that someone else made a dinner, I didn't have to do dishes and they brought paper plates. That really was a time saver. Um, and just the thought that they remembered, you know, Hey, I know this is still hard. Yeah. Um, and support meals, systems, listen up. If you are bringing things. meals to people, bring disposable containers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do not exactly. ask us to bring you back your glass dish. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, yeah, meals and prayers. Of course, babysitting was huge because I'm sure, I don't know, I'm sure your audience knows, but with fostering, only certain people can babysit. So mm-hmm. um, that was really hard. I couldn't just drop my kid off at any babysitters or have anyone over. They had to be certified. So we did not go on very many dates that year because <laughs> <laughs> it was just too much work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So on the flip side of that, I always ask what was the least helpful thing? What was the way that you felt hurt or misunderstood by your community? Um, I don't know if there's a least helpful, I mean, really even anyone just acknowledging us and the hard was super helpful. And I think deep down, I mean, I think sometimes people might say hurtful things. Um, I'm trying to think of some examples, but I know they mean well, you know? Mm -hmm. And so 
that's some things I've shared about too, like adoption month, just being careful what you say, not really friends, just people, at the grocery store, really, it was strangers that might say something like, well, which ones are your real kids? Or, mm-hmm. you know, well, he, he looks, he looks normal. <laughs> For, I'm like, well, he's still, oh, here's something. Someone once said, that's the most beautiful foster baby I've ever seen. This was a stranger. Wow. But, um, I'm like, well, are we categorizing? Like, <laughs> they're all God's children. Like they're all beautiful. How about that's just the most beautiful baby you've ever seen. <laughs> anyway. Right. And but genetics again, are I, genetics. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Foster, It's not like you're predisposed but, um, to come. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. But I think, you know, people just don't know what to say. And I think that's kind of my goal too. Like the more we talk about it, the more we raise awareness, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be an abnormal thing. It can just be a normal thing that families look different and that they don't have to match. And that that just, I mean, I'm thankful we have a very diverse community where we live. And so it's not, it's not abnormal that our son doesn't look like everybody else. Like that's just the norm here. So I'm yeah. really thankful for that. Um, but really no one near me really was hurtful, probably just strangers just because they don't know what to say. And you know, it is, yeah. what it is. It's that whole grace covers all sure. Just wear that and <laughs> move on. So. <laughs> Amen. So, okay. Um, what is your favorite adoption resource? Of course, everyone loves foster family blog. She's a great foster resource, I feel like, but adoption resource. Um, I really love, so tapestry is a local organization. We featured them in, I think last August or September, um, Ryan and Kayla North, they do a lot with Empowered to Connect and, and they're just doing really great things about post-adoption, you know, with, with trauma and with, you know, so many things that we don't even know quite yet what we're going to be, you know, dealing with. Um, so yeah, Tapestry. Have you heard of them? They used to have a conference every year. They still do. I think that I, um, I had a guest on who plugged Tapestry before. So, um, yeah, I've heard really great things. Yeah. And then of course, Empowered to Connect, I think is great. I mean, I have used TBRI with all of my children. Um, yeah, that's what I think foster parenting also just made us better parents to all of our kids. So the training you had to get, you know, the way I talked to them, the way I, um, it's been good Yeah, just overall for all, all the kiddos. So I'm sure there's more when I'm done talking that I'll think of but that's all the top of my head I can think of <laughs> totally fine resources if you think of yeah. anymore you know you guys listening remember that I can um always stick extra info in the show notes um yeah but my last question is always if you could just sum it all up into one piece of advice or encouragement for adoptive families what would you say one day at a time you know I think I find myself already stressing about questions that my son's gonna ask you know when he's 15 or when do I give him the information he needs to know and not wanting to screw it up and making sure, you know, all the things that I want to make sure I do right. And that there's no sense in worrying about 15 yet because he's not even two. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> let's focus on right now. And, um, yeah, just one day at a time. Again, I'm a rookie, so I'm not the right person to ask as far as advice, but I've watched, again, I have tons of family members that have adopted and I've watched them walk this road and, um, just a ton of prayer and just asking, like you said, I mean, get counseling, ask for help. I mean, you do not have to do this alone. And we're not called to do this alone. God doesn't call us to do hard alone. That's the whole point of community. And so swallowing our pride and we're starting a, a foster care adoption ministry at our church again. And just we're all going to get out this Sunday at a park and just hanging out. Like there's no agenda. Just like, hey, let's talk through things and just have other people that are have walked the same road as you. So don't be afraid to find those people, I guess. 
Yeah. No, that's, that's great advice. advice. <laughs> Good stuff. So, okay. Where can we find you a, but also how can we get ourselves a shirt and support, um, support the organizations that you support? Um, we are on Facebook and Instagram, both on there. Um, just restoration threads is our handle. So it's easy to find. I know it's a long word, but, um, oh, and that restoration comes from first Peter five ten. That's a whole other story, but how God can restore all the things. Um, and then restorationfeds.com will be our website by the time this airs right now. We have kind of a, a funky website, but it'll be rest. I've already got the domain and we're working on having a prettier landing page. So just kind of growing as we can and taking baby steps with just me, but yes, restorationthreads.com. You can go there too. And, um, but I'm posting all like every day I'm sharing about the organizations of the month. And, um, I'd love for you to reach out to me if you have one you want to nominate. Um, I love hearing about, we've done, we've done Arkansas Project Zero. Oh, yay. Christy Irwin yeah, is on the podcast too. Yes. Oh, she's amazing. Um, I read her book, The Middle Mom. And yeah, it's really good. And then we've done California. We've done, we're going to do Oregon soon. We're all over the country. So we'd love to hear from y'all. So Awesome. Well, yes. You guys you get a shirt too. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Check out restorationthreads.com. Definitely support uh, her. And by the time this airs, you'll probably have even more designs that we haven't talked about yeah, in the episode, so. yeah. which is so fun. And I'll definitely be repping my shirt. I'm super excited to get it in the mail. Um, yes. And thank you so much, Haley, for sharing your story and just um, coming on and sharing your heart for adoption and foster care and how we can support each other. And, um, you know, if that's not our calling, how we can support people who are doing these things. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. For sure. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I hope you found encouragement here. I need you to know that you are enough and you're doing a great job. We are all in this together and I am over here cheering you on. Don't forget to check out show notes for this episode and other resources at theadoptivemompodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. Okay, Haley, who was your first celebrity crush? Oh man, that's a tough one. I'm trying to think back to my probably junior high days. Um, home, okay, Home Improvement, I think it was called, um, with Tim Allen and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, girl. <laughs> I would have to. <laughs> that's a good one. Jonathan, did, yes. that's like, that's reputable. That is respectable. Yes. Thank you. JTT, I think is the name. Yes. I actually, so I know someone that went to um, high school with him and I guess his real name is Jonathan Wise. And she said that he is actually just like the nicest person in real life. So I always feel good about celebrities that are nice in real life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. um, I had good taste from the beginning. Yeah. For real. Good choice. Um, Okay. Unrelated, but what was your favorite age? Or is? I mean, it's going to sound cheesy to say right now. That sounds really cliche. Um, I mean, I definitely enjoyed post-college. I I loved college. Um, Enjoyed my time there. I loved post-college. I taught high school and just kind of did the single, went to Europe, just kind of enjoyed that. But I really love, I don't know, I'm in my 30s and I'm comfortable in my skin right now and marrying four kids. I just... I'm happiest right now, you know? So, um, I think right now is my favorite age and they say it keeps getting better. I'm going to be super cheesy and say now. Um, but that's truly how I feel. But girl, that's like hashtag goals. Like, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. I love that. Um, okay. Last question. What is your coffee order? Ooh, um, 
usually a grande skinny caramel macchiato, but I like to substitute. <laughs> I'm that girl. <laughs> substitute the vanilla for hazelnut. So it's like a hazelnut macchiato. Um, but yeah, I mean, skim milk. I don't do the, I don't get them often. So I don't do the crate, the coconut milk. I mean, it's pretty basic. Um, but yeah, definitely caramel macchiato is my go-to. Is it caramel or caramel? I say caramel. I use them interchangeably. Okay. I'm sure half the country says one and the other half says. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I took took a quiz one time. It was like, what dialect, what U.S. dialect are you? It was, it was one of those dumb like quizzes on Facebook. And that was one of the questions is, do you say Mm. caramel, caramel, or interchangeable? And I put interchangeable. Anyway, I got, Mm. um, my results were that I had uh, a varying dialect and that I was best suited for a job in broadcasting or voice recording. <laughs> oh, wow. How perfect. When was that test? It was like a couple like, of years ago. It was before the cool. podcast started, but I was yeah. like, hmm, okay. That's <laughs> a sign. That's awesome. I know. All right. So yeah, that, that's it. Those are my questions. Oh yeah, that wasn't Thank too you. bad. Okay. I passed. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> you, did, you did a good job. You did a okay. good job. 